Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Wheels Up Business Travel Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rick Versace Jr. We have a great show for you today, but before we get started, I wanted to take a minute to invite anyone who's interested in learning more about a certain topic to go ahead and email me directly. My goal is to provide you guys with as much value as possible, so by letting me know what you want to hear, I can invite other people who have expertise in those areas to be guests. Shoot me an email so we can set up some time to chat. My direct email is rickjr at a1alimo.com. Uh, again, that's rickjr at a, the number one, a limo.com. So please feel free to reach out. Uh, also, if you could leave us some feedback, uh, we really appreciate that as well. Uh, but that being said, let's dive right into it. Today, we talked to Alyssa Young, travel administrator for Citrix. Alyssa has been in the travel industry for just over five years, and we hear a little about what it was like getting started in the travel industry, and how she joined a team to basically start managing their travel program from the ground up. She tells us a little bit about her day-to-day, her key role in managing their hotel RFPs, and how constant automations in the travel industry can be both a good thing and a bad thing. She also is an avid traveler herself, and shares a little about her side hustle, managing her own travel blog, called The Endless Adventure, where she shares some of her experience from her personal travels. Uh, Link in the show notes if you want to check it out. I had a great time talking to Alyssa today, and I think you guys will enjoy hearing what she has to say. So without further ado, let's get into today's interview. All right, everybody. Uh, Thanks for joining us again today on the Wheels Up Business Travel Podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking with Alyssa Young. Uh, she's a travel administrator at Citrix. So, Alyssa, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. Alyssa is a, is based in South Florida, as am I. But we are you know, we're we're getting together remotely today. We both have pretty busy schedules as we we've ran into trying to coordinate <laughs> just this call. Thank goodness for technology. Yeah, right. It makes things easy. So uh, I'll just go ahead and jump into it. I'm sure, uh, sure you got a busy day ahead of you. So uh, let's get started with the with the interview. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How'd you get started in the travel industry? Uh, how'd you get started with Citrix and and end up a travel administrator there? So I actually entered the travel industry almost by accident. So when I had graduated from college in 2010, I had taken a job with Philip Morris, now Altria, and I was a territory sales manager with them for about three years. And, you know, I was kind of ready for something else, looking for other opportunities. And someone that I had worked for previously at Altria had left and went to Citrix. And when he went to Citrix, at the time, travel was rolling up under procurement. So he called me up one day and he was like, Alyssa, look, I know you're ready for something else. He's like, I work in procurement now and I have these four categories. So he said, I have mobility, travel, contingent labor, and card services. And I'm looking for someone to head up this travel space. So why don't you come interview, we can figure it out and learn it together. Because at the time, he had no business travel experience, and neither did I. We actually both just kind of took a gamble on it. And um, so I joined Citrix in 2013. That's awesome. So you you basically, you basically built the Citrix travel program kind of from the ground up? So when I first joined Citrix at the time, we were using Amex as our travel agency. And we had our account manager with Amex on site. So we had an account manager who sat 
pretty much next to me at the office at Citrix. So he was really helpful in me just learning about the category and learning about what was going on at Citrix in general. Yeah. And obviously since then the program at Citrix has evolved so much and has changed a lot, but that's what it was like when I, when I got there. Yeah. Did he have a lot of experience in the travel industry himself? So he had been with Amex his entire career, but I think had at that point only been on the travel side of things for about 12 months. He was fairly new, but knew a lot more than I did. So <laughs> it was basically a big learning process for everyone at the beginning. That's awesome. So give us a idea, like, what is that? What did that entail? Like, what were some of your first initiatives? Like, what were some of your, the first things that you had to do in order to, to get a, a brand new travel program kind of up and running or, you know, managed a little bit better at least. Cause I, I've talked to a couple uh, different travel managers that uh, they struggle with getting certain parts of the program started, mm-hmm. but I'm, you know, it sounds like you started a lot from scratch. So what, uh, what did that entail? Yeah. So it was a lot of um, piecemeal at the time and just trying to fit, you know, all of the pieces together and trying to get a more centralized managed program. So as I said, at the time we were with Amex, we didn't, well, we had a corporate card program. It wasn't mandated. Um, Our booking tool and our expense system, they weren't integrated with one another. Citrix was growing rapidly as far as expanding to different countries. So it was really trying to just wrap everything together and figure out how to make this as I guess seamless and easy as possible for both um, an employee perspective as far as booking the travel and going on business trips and then for us on the back end with the reporting and everything else so within the last few years we've actually changed travel management companies a couple of times it now have a mandated corporate card program and that is global so that's been a huge help for us and with the change with tmcs we also now have a fully integrated um end-to-end system so we book and concur we expense and concur um so that was a big change for us as well I'm sure that makes everybody's life easier or your life a lot easier. For, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. I like to believe it makes everyone's life easier, but mine as well. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. So what, how, what's the difference and you know, the, the biggest difference you would say between when you started in 2013 to today, like as you, have you built up a, a team, uh, you know, underneath you in travel or is it still you just running everything on a day to day? So our team is pretty small. It's myself, my boss, Gloria Templin, and Jeff Robinson, who's my other colleague in the UK. So Gloria is the senior manager for global travel and meetings and events. So meetings and events now also rolls up under travel. And Jeff, who I mentioned, who works in the UK, he's the category manager for M&E. So it's just the three of us. So we have a really small team for a very large program. Um, But I think the biggest change has probably just been that it's a more uniform experience for all of our employees globally, whereas before, you know, what someone was doing in India compared to Germany compared to Australia was very different. Now, all of that looks pretty similar. And the advantage of that is that on the back end, when it comes to reporting and everything else, it makes our lives a lot easier. So we're able to more, you know, accurately report on travel spend. What were some of the biggest challenges you ran into with trying to get, uh, I'm sure it must have been difficult trying to get everyone who was traveling, I guess, kind of 
to adopt the the new like booking tools and expense tools or, or was it you know was that one of the, the biggest issues or so it wasn't really so much an issue to get buy-in from the employees because I think we were fulfilling a need that everyone had as far as wanting to book online wanting everything to feed from the online booking tool into the expense system um, that kind of thing so it wasn't so much that but what the biggest challenge was is that at Citrix we have a presence in 47 countries when we decide to implement a card program or a new online booking tool or an expense system we have to do that globally so it's figuring out you know, how, what is that implementation process going to look like? Are you going to do it by region? Are you going to do everyone at once? You know, that kind of thing. And luckily for us, we kind of did those pieces separately. So I think we implemented card first and then we went to concur for expense and then we went to the concur online booking tool. So I think we kind of learned as we went along what the best way to do things was. Yeah. But that was probably just the biggest challenge because at that point when you're in an implementation that takes, you know, anywhere from three to six months and you're working around the clock to accommodate all the different geos, it can be, you know, a bit tiresome and overwhelming at times. But once you get through it, it's all worth it. Yeah, I'm sure. Did you end up having to do a lot of travel yourself during that time period to, to you know, help the different uh, regions get integrated? Well, I wish I would have, but no, (laughs) so we didn't. We actually were utilizing a lot of our technology. So um, at the time, you know, GoToMeeting was still one of our products, which we utilized heavily as far as, you know, video conferencing and doing some of the trainings and other things that had to take place virtually. Um, But another thing that really helped us that we do since we have such a small team is that in all of the countries we've identified a point person who serves as the travel liaison, so to speak. So they're the person that we would go to if, hey, we need to know some kind of local knowledge about that office in that country. So we worked with all those travel liaisons when we were setting up training calls and implementation and that kind of thing. And they would be there, you know, present in the office when those activities were taking place. So that was really helpful for us and obviously cut down on our travel budget a lot. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, as much fun as it would have been to be able to travel all over to the (laughs) 47 different countries, I'm sure it would have been costly and tiring on your end. Yes, yes. I don't think the finance team would have liked (laughs) me too much at the time. (laughs) Oh, man, you got to work on them. You got to get you out of the office a little more. I know it. (laughs) So uh, none of you guys got, you know, the everything fully implemented. What does your role look like on a day-to-day today? I have um, a couple of primary responsibilities. So the first one is I am the day-to-day contact between the travel management company and Citrix. So I work directly with our account manager with the TMC on basically any kind of issue that would come up, whether that's from one of our employees, whether that's something on the back end, something with a supplier. So that's a large part of my role. Um, and then the other part is that I am primarily in charge of the hotel RFP every year. Okay. So we've been kind of doing that manually for the last few years um, through Lanyon, and I manage that myself. So those are two big areas. And then, you know, of course, I help our employees just on a day to day with any issues or feedback or anything that they might have around business travel at Citrix. Awesome. And you, for the, the hotel RFP process, you, you do that on a yearly basis or is it just different regions? Uh, 
year. You're not, are you doing all of them at once every year? Yeah, it's a global process and I do it once a year. Usually we always try to start around August and September and hope that it's, you know, complete <laughs> by the end of December, but never really quite works out that way. You know, we try really hard every year. So, but yeah, it, it's once a year and, and we do it globally. That's awesome. Yeah. For such a large process. I'm, I'm sure that's a huge undertaking. I'm surprised you guys are able to get it done just in the, in the few months that you mentioned. Yeah. It's helpful because we have tried to establish key contacts with the different hotel chains way, you know, if I'm soliciting 15 different Hiltons around the world, I don't have to go to each of those individual properties. I can just go to, you know, the one account manager who will help me with that. So that definitely saves time. Definitely. The same kind of the same as how you said you managed the integration for all your different 47 countries. You established kind of key relationships and uh, kind of rely on them to manage all the minutia from there. Exactly. So I I know you mentioned before you uh, you work out of your guys headquarters is Fort Lauderdale. Do you uh, work remotely? So I do work remotely. I go into the office as well, but um, the majority of the time I do get to work from home, which is a nice luxury. But yes, we have our headquarters off Cypress Creek in Fort Lauderdale and we've built, you know, quite the campus there. I think at first we maybe had three buildings that were in that little office park right there. And now I think almost all of them have Citrix written on the side. So wow. We're really growing and just trying to make that that campus feel down in Fort Lauderdale. That's awesome. How many employees are down there now? Do you know? I would say probably around 3,000. Wow. You guys got a lot of space down there. I know I've, I've driven past it and, and seen it a few times. So you guys, you definitely, you know, I feel like every time I go by, it looks like it gets a little bit bigger. <laughs> and parking becomes a little bit more of a hassle. <laughs> Hence why working from home, uh, working remotely might is uh, a luxury that you get. It is, yes. That's awesome. Uh, so uh, what are some of your favorite parts of the of the job, working for Citrix and work, just working in travel in general? The travel industry is very unique in the sense that I feel like it's one of the more fun industries. Yeah. You know, supposed to use the word fun, but it is. And I think things are always changing and, and no day looks the same. And it's definitely one of those industries where you know it's not a one-size-fits-all so you know I could talk to five other travel managers who are all doing something very different than what I'm doing Um, so I I love when you know networking opportunities present themselves you know such as the local chapter of FBTA which you are familiar with and have been a part of yeah definitely. Um, so that's just a great way for people in the industry to get together and talk about things that are going on and what's current and what's upcoming and and what everyone's working on so that's great and then you know some of the other suppliers will put on corporate travel manager forums is usually what they call them where they'll bring in some of their clients who are travel managers from different companies and just bring them in to talk about either what's going on with that particular supplier or just what's going on in the industry. So there are always networking opportunities to continue to learn. And I love that. No, I told you last show that we had was actually with uh, Todd Cortese, the president of the FBTA. So yes. de- de- we're definitely very familiar with FBTA down here. And I agree going, you know, going to those events, you, especially for me, who isn't in corporate travel management on a full time on a daily basis, you learn so much just from different travel managers in different industries, because everyone, you know, everyone's doing the same thing, but everybody's got a unique kind of way of 
doing their thing and uh, implementing different things all the time. So I love going down there and, and learning as much as possible from them as well. Exactly. Yeah, I I love what they're trying to do with that organization. So I know I find it valuable and I hope everyone else that is a part of it does too. Yeah, definitely. Do you uh, get a, a good amount of chances when you learn something from another, another travel manager or you hear about something that someone else is implementing? Uh, do you get a lot of opportunities to implement that within your organization? So I think one of the great things about Citrix is it's a very open culture here and we're always trying to figure out, you know, the best and smartest ways to do something. And we know that we won't always have it figured out or we won't be doing it the best way or the smartest way. And so I think that, you know, the people who are the key decision makers at Citrix are always open to hearing the ideas. And so that's something that I love because like you said, like if I'm talking to someone else who's doing something or has a different way to do something and I bring that back to Citrix, it's, you know, it's welcomed and it makes sense for us. And we decide that that is something that we would like to pursue as well. Then we will, there's not really anything that stops us from doing that. Yeah. Just to have that open forum to kind of bring in new ideas, whether they, whether you end up going forward with them or not, but just to be able to present them and, you know, hopefully move forward with them if they do make sense is, is definitely a great environment. I know not all, not all, you know, companies kind of harbor that kind of environment. So it's great that Citrix has that for you guys. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I've, I've worked in different organizations as well where it's not, you know, that easy or, or welcome. So that is definitely one of the benefits of Citrix. Is there anything interesting you're working on right now that you could share or that you're excited about? So I mentioned that I've kind of been taking on that hotel RFP by myself for the last few years. And we are currently right now um, talking with our TMC about them kind of taking ownership of that program and working with me. So that would be amazing because, (laughs) you know, it would take a huge chunk of time, or I guess it would give me time back in my schedule. So hopefully, you know, that goes through all well. And I had mentioned earlier that M&E now rolls up under travel as well. So my role has actually been expanding to help out with some of that as well, because currently Jeff is really the only person who has, you know, full visibility and a real grasp of meetings and events at Citrix. And it's, it's just growing so much and it's a large category for one person to handle. So kind of learning, you know, stuff about M&E and, you know, reviewing contracts, that kind of thing and learning how to use Cvent, which is our, um, our event management tool that we've been using for the last year or so. So learning a lot. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. And if, you know, if the TMC is able to help you with our PE process, then just gives you the opportunity to continue working on other higher value things. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Um, So I'm going to switch gears a little bit here and we've been talking a lot about, you know, (laughs) everything you've done so far in your career, but one of the things that I'm most interested in, and I, I know a lot of other people are as well, is that just over the past you know six months, 12 months, 18 months, the travel industry has changed so much yeah. and just continues to do so. Where do you see the travel industry in five years? Uh, you know, do you, can you think of any innovations off the top of your head that are really going to change the way that we do business on a day-to-day basis right now? 
you know, technology is something that can't be ignored. And there are so many advancements in technology that are happening every day. And I think that's where we're going to see the most impact as far as business travel. So, you know, things like Airbnb and Uber and other um, companies and apps that have come into the space have really shaken things up. And I think, you know, the concept of open booking has been talked about for so long and maybe we haven't quite seen the impact of it yet, but I think really that it's only a matter of time um, before that becomes something that more travel managers will have to address on a larger scale. Um, And then, you know, I actually at FBT education we had someone from sap concur that came in and talked about bitcoin and how she thought cryptocurrency was going to change the face of business travel in the future so i think everything in technology and definitely the way that suppliers are changing the way they communicate to the end users and the travelers is going to have a big impact on on business travel yeah yeah i know bitcoin and even if it's not Bitcoin, but everyone keeps talking about just blockchain technology in general is going to change so many things in virtually every industry. I mean, don't ask me. I don't know one way or the other Bitcoin from Litecoin. I honestly don't know <laughs> enough to talk to it, but I just know that everyone keeps saying that aside from the financial, you know, just like monetary asset value of it, that just the technology behind it is supposed to be you know, change a lot of things in the, in over the next couple of years. Yeah. Um, Even something as silly as chatbots, which I feel like a lot of companies are starting to adapt. Oh yeah. You think like, wait, am, am I going to have a job in five years? In five years, like they might <laughs> not need us anymore because everything's going to be run by technology or by artificial intelligence or something like that. So uh, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to say, see the way things, you know, evolve over the next five years. Yeah, I used to work uh, in finance in New York at, at Goldman Sachs, and I was on the operations end of things. And they had a term for it. It's called in- industrialization. Everyone used to joke, like, industrialization. We're constantly trying to figure out ways to automate processes and do this and that. And we used to joke around and say, we're, so we're basically automating ourselves out of a job. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's scary, but it's there's a little bit of truth to it. Definitely. I, the, the only hopeful thing is that you automate all the menial things like, I mean, I guess uh, uh, hotel RFP isn't necessarily a menial task, but by automating certain things like that, that free up your time, again, you get to pick, you get to spend more time on higher value projects, higher value tasks that hopefully, you know, ultimately result in, you know, more benefit for everybody. Definitely. Not just, not just automating yourself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The hopefully, you know, the value of that face-to-face relationship um, will always remain very high that they'll still need us around. Yeah, definitely. Uh, going back to chatbots, do you guys, does Citrix currently utilize them at all? Because I'm, I'm fairly familiar with it, but uh, could you uh, give everyone else listening a, a little bit of a you know rundown on, on what chatbots are and what they potentially could be? Yeah, so chatbots are those things where you've probably encountered it on a personal level where either you, know, you want to make a complaint about something or get in touch with customer service. So I, I've seen it, you know, with AT&T and even with some of the online clothing retailers that I use where it'll, you'll look for something that says like how to get in contact with them and it'll say chat now. 
So you chat now, you say, hey, I have an issue. I received this order. It's not what I wanted or or what have you. Or, hey, I got this AT&T bill. I don't know why you overcharged me $100. And it's this automated bot who knows based on keywords and other phrases that you use how to respond to you. Um, Citrix is not currently using a chat bot. Um, we do use Slack internally as a messaging platform. Um, but actually within the last year or so, we've developed kind of these ask mailboxes. So we'll have ask concur if you have an issue with expenses and we have ask travel if you have anything related to travel. Um, so we have this for a, a few different departments now and it's all monitored on the Slack channel, but it's monitored by an actual Citrix employee, not a chat. <laughs> yeah. So, and, but you could vary like one of the, uh, like main ways I've seen them used outside of just like the regular retail industry are for things like that. Uh, like an, an ask concur, uh, where it's basically FAQ. So like if someone's traveling and they say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I don't know, Stockholm next month. Uh, what, what do I need to do to book a hotel? And they ask the chat about that. And then it comes back with kind of a pre canned description of what they need to do. And, that little autom- automation just, I guess, you know, slims down the amount of communication where typically they'd be reaching out to you directly and saying, hey, Alyssa, I, I'm going to Stockholm. Exactly. Like, what do I need to do? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I, there's definitely a lot of benefit to it. And I, I think we're probably going to start seeing a lot more of it over the next couple of years. But again, at the end of the day, there's no replacement for just being able to talk to a, a human on the other end of the line. I agree. There are so many times when I've called or had one of those automated systems that I'm just pressing zero over and over, <laughs> hoping to get to a human. Give me the operator, please. Yeah, exactly. Hey, that's where the travel industry is going in five years. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, you, you know, you think you're still going to be in travel? You know, moving up in the organization. Uh, what What are you know your your goals over the next yeah. couple of years? I know it's um, a deep question, but yeah. Well, I have pretty much fallen in love with the travel industry ever since I've been in it. So, you know, I hope to be still be in it in five years. And as you mentioned, yes, I, I would hope to, you know, either move up, whether that's within Citrix or at another opportunity. But I think the end goal here is to eventually become a travel manager of a corporation, whether that's Citrix or somewhere else or or who knows, maybe even tackling the travel industry from a different perspective or a different angle because I've always been, you know, kind of on the buyer side. So yeah, the opportunities are endless. Awesome. All right. And enough with the hard questions. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, we're going to start wrapping it up here with a few, few quick questions just about uh, Alyssa Young okay. uh, outside of the office. So uh, what do you like to do for fun? So I love traveling and if I ever have a free moment, I promise you I am on a plane somewhere. And that's one of the things that I love about Fort Lauderdale is I feel like it's such a good hub for us to go to so many places uh, quickly and easily. And I, I have this blog that I guess I do on the side for like a hobby. So it encompasses like my travels, food, um, photography, like just a few other hobbies that I have. Um, That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that because it's not really <laughs> something I've tried to do much with or make super public. Um, yeah. 
but trust me if i can figure out a way to monetize my personal blog <laughs> i will do that <laughs> well if you want to share what the the blog is we can uh you know you can tell the listeners and i'll put it in the show notes if you want people to check it out okay i'll i'll send it to you it's the endlessadventure.com but it's it's l-y-s-s for my name but I'll, okay yeah, i'll send it to you yeah send it over and i'll definitely put a link to it in the show notes so anyone listening can can go check it out if they want to awesome thank you yeah no problem uh so where's the last place that you traveled so i recently did um back-to-back trips i went to cartagena um and then uh-huh. like a day after returning from Cartagena I went to Tulum in Mexico and That's both awesome. of those trips were awesome and and like I said like just a couple hours or less on a flight and and you're there and you're in another country and experiencing something so much different from from home it really is incredible uh, you know being in South Florida also I went to Mexico recently on uh, the Gulf Coast and uh Playa del Carmen, we flew over there, and it was yeah, it was a, like an hour flight, and I was blown away because it was the first time I've ever flown to Mexico, and just the fact that it was so close, I was like, I could start doing this every weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that <laughs> flight over there to Cancun is like I think an hour and a half or less, so it's really convenient, especially if you're not into the cruising thing, which will <laughs> always take you to Mexico or somewhere else. <laughs> Where every place there is a senior frog, they'll take you to. Exactly. That is so true. <laughs> awesome. You got any trips planned uh, coming up soon? Uh, so I'll be in Las Vegas for the 4th. And after that, I think I just have some work trips. So I have a C-Event conference. EGBTA is coming up in San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be doing a little bit of work traveling as well. Where is the CVAN conference this year? So it's actually in Vegas. So I'll be back oh. in Vegas at the <laughs> end of July for CVAN Connect. Yes. The, the amount of times that I'm in Vegas throughout the year for conferences, it almost makes me not want to go there personally, but <laughs> almost. I know it's almost. such a popular destination <laughs> for companies to hold events and conferences and meetings and stuff. Yeah. So. No, it's still always a great time, no matter what you're going out there for. I agree. All right. So uh, my next question is, what is the last book that you read? Do you read a lot while you're traveling? or? So I actually uh, just finished reading this book called The Gifts of Imperfection, which is, you know, just about self-acceptance and not being hard on yourself when you have, you know, a, a large plate of things that you're trying to juggle. But it's so funny because as much as I enjoy reading these sort of self-help and self-improvement books, I listened to a podcast the other day (laughs) where the guy who was giving the podcast was basically saying like, look, self-help books are all the same and they could probably make their point in one chapter. And then they just use the rest of the chapters to keep reiterating the same point over and over. And it's true. But um, yeah, that was, that was the last book I read. They they drill it into you. They do. They're, they're they make sure that yeah you you've heard the message by the time you're done reading. Yeah, uh, I I it's funny. I read a lot of self help books like that as well, and then listen to a lot of podcasts. Who's the the uh, podcast show that you're that said that? Um, his name I forget his first name, but his last name is Naval. I okay. I, I am so 
feeling guilty about not remembering his first name, but he was amazing. <laughs> so I'm actually going to find him as soon as I hang up with you and tell you because he has podcasts about so many different things and he just always has a really enlightening perspective um, yeah. that I really appreciate. That's awesome. It's funny when you said that. I listen to Chuck a lot and it sounded a lot like something he would say. So I was curious. I was like, oh, I wonder if she's listening to the same thing I am. Oh, we'll have to exchange podcast information and then regroup. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll we'll compare notes. Sounds good. Um, any of your self help books would you recommend to anybody else in the travel industry, or anybody in general? If I'm gonna be honest, I'd probably say no. But the the book <laughs> I read before that is The Alchemist, which I think everybody should read at some point in their lives. So not necessarily a self help book, but yeah. a good read and a good. Um, you know, just nuggets of information about how to deal with life in general. And I think it's a good one. Okay, cool. Well, that's funny that you said that because that was my next question. And what is, what is one nugget of information that you could give to other people in the travel industry, whether they're, you know, just starting fresh in the travel industry, new, new to the, you know, the whole environment or have maybe been in the industry for a while. Any tips that you can uh, impart on the rest of the listeners to, you know, kind of help them, either you know navigate the travel industry world and a little bit better on a daily basis so there there are two bits of nuggets if you want to call them that um i use when it comes to work or with anything else and i think it it can apply to so many different facets of life the first one is to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because things are always changing right so things are always changing. You want to be adaptable. You don't want to get complacent. So if you're able to navigate through those uncomfortable situations, I think you'll really be able to take on anything that comes your way. So getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is something that I've taken with me through school and jobs and everything else. I like that. And then, um, so I don't think you were at the last FBTA meeting that we had in June, but we had a speaker there. He was the general manager from the Costa Beach Resort in Hollywood. And he said this quote that I thought was so true. He said, change doesn't change anything. It just keeps changing. And it made a lot of sense. And I think tra- travel is definitely one of those things where, like we talked about earlier, no two days look the same and there's always some kind of new development or something else that's happening and you just have to be able to go with the flow you know you're not going to stop change one way or the other so the only thing you can do is kind of roll with it and figure out a way to to make it work in your you know kind of your advantage exactly those were very insightful i appreciate that (laughs) no problem awesome so all right finally uh i'm getting ready to to let you go here but if anyone wanted to get in be the best way uh, they could email me. My email address is alyssa.young at citrix.com. I'm also on LinkedIn, Alyssa Young, where they could read my blog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So everyone who's listening to this show, now that you know we're getting towards the end, I uh, ask you to go to the show notes and click on Alyssa's blog so that we can get her as many viewers <laughs> and readers as possible so that one day she can make a living off of the travel industry. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Alyssa, thank you so much. I appreciate appreciate everything uh, you do and your time today. And uh, I look forward to you know, talking again soon. And I'll definitely be seeing you at GBTA. And, and uh, maybe I'll see you again before then. Perfect. Thanks so much, Rick. Thanks again for listening. 
We appreciate you taking the time to check us out and hope you continue to do so as we continue to create new, fresh, valuable content for everybody in the travel industry on a weekly basis. If you liked what you heard, please rate us and leave us some feedback. I promise you I will be your friend forever if you leave us a great positive rating. I would love to hear any feedback or suggestions you have to help make the show more useful for the rest of the business travel world in the future. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any ideas for any new topics or if you'd like to be a guest on the show yourself. My name is Rick Versace Jr. saying thank you again for listening and we'll catch you next time on the Wheels Up Business Travel Podcast.